Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. And here we are. It is July 19th, 2009, and this is episode two of the Petzinger Brother podcast. I'm James. I'm John. I'm David. I'm Joseph. I'm Ben. I think that went a little bit better than last time around. I think we got our names out there a bit quick, more quickly. I like it. Um, so, just as a matter of, of probably interest for anyone who has being kind enough to listen to the podcast, last week's inaugural podcast. We got a lot of great feedback, and uh, people seem to enjoy it quite, quite a bit. We've ironed out some of the problems that we were experiencing with low-level uh, uh, lines, and this week we should definitely be able to hear David and Joseph a lot more clearly and a lot more loudly. In fact, let's do a sound off. David, uh, let's hear your voice for a sec. This is David. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than it did last week. Uh, uh, Joseph? Okay. Good? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> what did they do to you in Arkansas last week? What? What did they do to you in Arkansas last week? That was uh, that was amazing, Joseph. I'm just, I have no offense to anybody in Arkansas, but I'm just glad to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have a, a deep-rooted respect for anybody who has been to Arkansas and actually stayed there. What so. uh, what made it difficult to be there, Joseph? It's very humid. Yeah. Very humid. Just not used to it. Oh, uh, if, if that's the only reason. I've heard that Arkansas is beautiful, though. They got a lot of lakes. It is. A lot, a lot of, uh, it is pretty. Yeah. Driving I'm, around in an air-conditioned car, looking around, it was really pretty. And speaking of cars... Last week, we said, Ben, wasn't it you that suggested we ought to talk about all the cars we had? I think uh, I think we should burn some good podcast time talking about cars. It would be a good idea. Most of my car memories, in fact, I would say probably 90% of, of you know, i got to take that down a notch. The Vega has to be thrown in there somewhere. 80% of my car memories growing up center around the beast. I was just going to say... Um, in order to understand the beast, we have to understand how Dad found the money to purchase the 1965, or was it a 63, Chevrolet Suburban? I think it was a 63, from, okay. from, from what I can tell from the design of the back of the, of the Suburban. I think it was a 63. So, so who knows where Dad found the cash as a newlywed to buy that Suburban? I don't know, man. I don't right. think I've heard I, this. I asked him one day, and it has to do with... When, when Dad was terminally ill, and we put the Suburban on eBay, or the Beast on eBay, and it sold for, I believe, $3,250. And I remember telling Dad, and he was, at that time, he was bedridden, and I said, Dad, we sold your Beast for $3,250. He told me I needed to take the money back, or give it back. He, he couldn't believe that it sold for that much. <laughs> it's almost like he felt guilty. <laughs> uh, but it sold to some kid in Michigan that was going to put it on a, a 4 by 4 chassis and really turn it into something special. And um, so that 
prompted me to ask dad, so what did you buy it for originally? And I don't remember the exact amount, but that's when he told me where the beast came from. Wait, is, did he buy it used or new? He bought it used. It was slightly okay. used because he bought it in, it's a 1963, and I think he got it in 68. James, when did mom and dad move to Idaho? Um, let's see. I, th- I think, John, what hospital does your birth certificate say you were born in? I was in Caldwell, so I was... So it would have been between 68 and 69, because John was born in 69. Yeah. So I think he bought it when I was about five years old. <clears throat> and um, so anyhow, I asked him, you know, where, where did you get the money to buy it? And he uh, he proceeded to tell me the, the now famous, infamous, whatever story of uh, selling a piece of property buy the beast and it just so happened to be that that parcel of land was at Alta Ski Resort across the street from the main hill I've never been there, I'm not a skier but uh, apparently he bought this patch of dirt put an A-frame cabin on it and was in the process of making it into a nice little weekend getaway Uh, took the job in Idaho sold the property which couldn't be worth much today oh Uh, no no, No, probably not not across, no, not a piece of property across the street from, oh. So that that's a great backdrop for all the stories having to do with the beast. Wow. You know those those books that choose your own adventure? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We just made the wrong choice. Here. Dad said, oh, sell the beast or sell the property. Turn to page 34. <laughs> and on page 34, <clears throat> right around in this car for the next how many years? I mean, wh- what year was it that we sold it? Over 2005. 2005. It would have been uh, probably March of 2005 that I, that thing was loaded on a car hauler and uh, towed away. Well, I guess it's nice to, or at least somewhat fun to think about what could have been, you know, and th- that there could have been this property in our name and across the street from one of the major international ski resort locations in Utah. Uh, but no, you know what? I'm okay with that. We got to enjoy all these wonderful memories of that white tank of a car that we called the Beast. How long was it white before it was uh, partially primer? Oh, gee. I don't know. Try to put a magnet on that car and find any sheet metal. <laughs> it was all Bondo. <laughs> well, I, you know, that, was, that was a pretty hefty car. Uh, that, that, they, don't, they don't make cars with that thickness anymore, the thickness of sheet metal anymore. So, I mean, that's a testament to the amount of, of abuse that it had taken. If you've got rust burning through that thickness of sheet metal, that's if some the, pretty if major corrosion. So, if sheet metal was so thick, why could you smell exhaust? Uh, unless the windows were configured a certain way as to either, I don't know, but that car would make you sick. Yeah, it would. It would. The tailgate then was always ajar. It was never, it never had a good seal, and so you were always breathing in carbon monoxide every single time. It was, it was dangerous, yeah, especially to be in the back seat where we always were. <laughs> that may answer a few questions. <laughs> yeah. Explain a few things. 
There were a couple of times I literally felt nauseous driving around. I just thought it was normal, though. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, Most of the uh, before unleaded gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Driving around in that car, you had a right to feel nauseous. If not physically nauseous, socially nauseous. Socially nauseous. There was a time we were at a four-way stop. That was a stoplight long enough for me to... Uh, catch sight of this really cute girl out of junior high. Um, really cute girl standing on the corner. I did not want her to see me in the beast. Uh, and so I, I literally slid down in my seat, and I was sitting next to Dad front on the bench. I literally slid down in my seat below you know, the, the door so that she couldn't see in. And his hand came across and grabbed me by the chest and lifted my body up. <laughs> And put me back in my place in an upright position. He said, you do not do that in my car. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I felt so so little. You know, I did, I, I did not feel good after that. But you know, he was right. It was, it was a pretty pathetic experience. <laughs> uh, you don't think that at that point he realized the value of the property across the uh, street from the Alta Ski Resort? <laughs> and, and was and was just look. <laughs> you may be embarrassed by this car, but <laughs> you know I don't I don't know I I was I was literally floored when he told me that it, it took a while to sink in. Yeah. Wow. For that, but the, I do remember. Uh, this is when I was already in college. Most everybody was gone, and um, I talked to a buddy, Trent, and Trent was doing some body work. And Trent attempted to repaint the beast, and uh, he he gave it a, a a yeoman's effort. Man, he put everything he had into it, but eventually it did come around full circle to white again. Oh, did it really? Yeah, yeah it actually looked, did. Yeah, it looked good. Trent did a good job. Yeah, he really he really put his heart into that one. I think Trent knew the the sentimental value of the beast. I mean, how many engines did that thing have in it over the years? I have no idea. Three or four. It did. Oh, three. Yeah. It couldn't have been a very difficult thing to drop an engine out of that that thing. I, you'd, pop, you'd pop the hood on that, look inside. There was nothing there, really. I mean, nothing compared to what you'd see in a normal car nowadays. Right. I I knew every part of that engine. I I knew everything everything in that engine did, and I cannot say that for any of the cars I own right now. Yeah, that was a basic uh, six cylinder, uh, two eighty seven. I think. Hmm. Could be wrong. That was a big six cylinder. Yeah, it was, and um, it had a very low first gear. Yeah. Yeah, you started out in second. We started. Yeah, Yeah, never used first gear. Uh, Till and hey, didn't I think that was the car that we all learned how to drive in? Is it not, or did someone else learn in a different car? No, that was mine. That was mine. Yeah, I learned how to drive that car. Yeah, I learned how to steer using that car. But I, well, I would get home from school before Dad and Mom got home, so I would just grab the keys to one of the other vehicles and just start driving somewhere. So I learned on all kinds of cars. <laughs> Well, you just go joy riding. Yeah. 
um, let's see. The Nova could go 105 miles per hour before it started vibrating. <laughs> and I, I figured since I didn't have a license, that probably I don't have to go that fast. The the red truck is when I is the one I really learned how to drive a clutch on, and uh, took that out on the country roads a lot. That was a lot of fun. I, I think we're the we're the poster children for latchkey kids when it comes to what did we get away with. That could be another topic for discussion with mom and dad. Yeah. Maybe you got away with stuff. Well, like I've said before, James, thank you and John really plowing the trail for us. You know. Yep. We, Ben and I, I don't know about David so much, but I know Ben and I would watch, and we were like, all right, they got caught doing that, or that didn't work, so now I know what to do. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good. Yeah, nice to know I was a guinea pig. The the practice round. Yep. Yeah, I've tried to make sure my own kids don't feel like they were uh, guinea pigs or practice round. But I, you know what, I'm fairly certain that you can't avoid that. There's too much. Uh, there's there's too much that you don't know what you're doing when the first kids come around. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> the beast was quite fun to drive because it was clutch. And I, you were saying uh, previously, and I remember this quite well, that because I was so used to driving the clutch, uh, driving an automatic was not an easy transition for me. Um, when Dad brought home that Cadillac, what year was that Cadillac? It was a, it was a 1961 four-door Cadillac Seville. Seville. Or maybe it was the Deville. I don't remember. Deville, Seville. But it, okay. but it had the huge fins coming off the back, and it had the trunk. It had the trunk that you could fit. I mean, you could fit a. Uh, you could fit anything in that trunk. Uh, highly coveted by the mob. I like put it by the mob. It was a thing of beauty. I I thought it was beautiful. I think we all did. Yeah. yeah. I I just loved it. He brought it home and I I was awestruck. I I really I really am I'm sick to the stomach that we, that we sold that in 2005. I it re, I really am sick and you know you can never see into the future but had I known I would eventually move to Idaho, I would have figured a way to keep that would have figured out a way to keep the beast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just they're they're irreplaceable, and uh, obviously the sentimental value of those things is way it's way more money than what we got out of it. But nonetheless, yeah, it was a it was a, it was a powder blue, James. You, you yeah. should know the color. I know the color very well. And yeah, was, we, uh, I mean we all thought it was a beautiful uh, color. I liked the car. It was so long; it never fit into that uh, garage that Dad built for it. No, uh, but the nose had to protrude into the drywall one inch, and then you could get it yep. past the tail. You had to put the nose into the drywall that one inch. Yep. Was that garage an afterthought? It was not built for that car. No, the, that garage was not built for that car. I think that uh, the car itself was a surprise, not only uh, not only for us, but maybe kind of for Dad. I think he bought it on a, I don't know, a, no, I don't want to say a whim, but... Uh, didn't he have it restored? I mean, wasn't he, that the whole thing? He had yeah, it, he, he had did. He, restored, he, and it was nice. And I think it was for Mom. Yeah, but did he ask her if she wanted it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, we were all surprised when it showed up. Yeah, I think because, surprised. Number one, it was uh, it was actually 
it had been it, re- completely redone. The bot, all the bodywork had been redone, and it didn't it, it, fit in the it, same class with all the rest well, of the cars that we had seen in our lifetimes. Yeah, you know, it just felt like except oh well, the fact okay. That it was about thirty-five years old. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, except that it was forty years old, kind of put it back in that class. When did we get it? Does anybody know the year? Uh, it would have been eighty-four. Yeah, that's right. Nineteen eighty-four. So if that was a 61, it was 23 years old when we got it. Okay, so doesn't that say something that the first car we had with electric anything was a 1961, and we bought it in 84? <laughs> that was the biggest thing for me, that it had power windows. I thought that was amazing. I could not. That was in 1984. And the fact that it had AC. AC didn't run, but the fact that it had AC option on the dash, you know, at one time it did have AC, and I thought that was so cool. I didn't even care that it didn't work. But, it, you know, at one time it had AC. I love the fact that when you punch the gas, that right. whole car just took off. Yeah. It was like you could hear a funnel in the gas tank forming as the gas went pouring into that engine. That thing would just burn off of, the, uh, 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 burn off of a stop sign like you couldn't believe. I it love was, that. It was smooth. It really uh, was smooth. Yeah, it was a nice car. Took me a little getting used to. I know you guys all remember when I was driving it home. It was the first time. Farmway Road. Yep. Dad. Dad said, "Yeah, you can drive it home." We're driving home from church, and I was, you know, I I had been begging him and begging him and begging him to be able to drive this car, and he finally relented and said, "Okay, you can drive it home." But I was so used to driving that stick shift, and the clutch in the beast was it was not a simple clutch. You really had to punch that clutch if you were going to change gears. And we're headed down farmway probably 50 miles an hour, getting ready to make that turn, and I'm ready to slow down, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to gear down to slow down like I would in the beast, and I punched that brake with every ounce of strength in my left leg, and that car came to a screeching halt. <laughs> amazingly fast. I mean, it came. It was a well. It it was amazing. But we were it all did, on the front dash. Yeah, we all ended up on the front dash. Everybody comes flying forward. It it. What was amazing? It didn't fishtail. It Nothing. didn't. It didn't do a thing. It just came to a stop. It planted itself right in the middle of the road from fifty to zero. Planted. Uh, and I felt so embarrassed. I know the look on your face, James, was priceless. You were. Because we're all looking at you like, what did you? What what happened? And and I think that dad, dad was in the beast ahead of us, and it it comes to a brief, you know, abrupt stop, and he gets out. He's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" He thought I had busted it. I'm like, I stepped on the brake. I thought it was the clutch. I must have been in. I must have been in the trunk because I don't remember. Oh, man, that was just such a. I just felt so stupid that day, and I, you know, he, he would always remind me after that. This is an automatic. It doesn't have a clutch. Remember that. <laughs> Every time I took it out to drive, this is an automatic. It doesn't have a clutch. Did he give you that counsel on your prom night because uh, that? I mean, you have powder blue tux and uh, you know. Yeah. Thanks for that's, that's that's automatically cool, James. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. 
Uh, you know, I, I've I've looked at those pictures with my children, and I get the same response every time. It's just, Dad, what are you wearing? <laughs> and yes, there was an intentional, you know, it, it was intentional on my part to, to okay, you know, it'll be funny to, to wear a tux that's the same same color as the car. You no, weren't you were dead serious. You were serious, James. You were dead serious. Well, yeah, I was serious. I had no, I had, there was no question in my mind that that's what I needed to do. Oh, yeah. You needed to do that. Which is the absolute proof and evidence that I had no game and no understanding of what really. Uh... No, you had game, James. That was your game. Yeah, that was my game. Right. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I felt I don't know. I it was a that was a fun night. I, I let we'll talk about prom some other time. Now I I remember the prom day and washing that car and water was so scarce on our five acre farm that uh, we if we had to wash the vehicle it had to be on the grass. Oh, yeah. And I still do that to this day. I will not wash a car in a driveway. Every city we've ever lived in, I've tried to get the car on the grass. <laughs> Wash the car on the grass. Why waste the water? Yeah, you're not worried about the soap in the grass? I've never had grass die because of soap. Very green. Yeah. yeah. What, was it really grass? Wasn't it just weeds? Well, it was mowed and controlled weed growth. Okay. Really I mean, there was some grass in there. Yeah, it started out as grass. You know what? That's... I think I have some issues with water usage. She what do you mean? She doesn't have, a, you know, she doesn't have a, a problem. You know, I, I don't like to waste water. And I think it's from, you know, the drought that we went through out there and conserving water. Well, we we uh, we used our bath water. We didn't let our bath water go down the drain. We used it to water. I think there, there might have only been, it only took one or two summers for that to happen. It just kind of has been stuck in my subconscious. You don't waste water. Yeah. yeah. Young age that happened. We saved our bath water. We saved the dish water. Well, you say save, but I, don't make it sound like we kept it in jars around the house. We kept it in a, in a trash can. Kept we, it in a trash can, and then we watered the, the garden with it. Right. Yeah. And that trash can, it grew stuff. It, it, it was, yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, that was gross. It was horrid. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really the true. I guess that's the true uh, definition of conservation, right there. We, we didn't do yeah, it. We we were green before green was in. That's true. Exactly, Joseph. We didn't do it for political points. We did it just because that's apparently what you did in a drought. <laughs> yeah. Well, when when the sand was coming up into the into the sink. Yeah. We knew it was time to cut back on our water usage. Yeah. We're getting sand in our glass, our drinking water. Yeah, I remember you had to watch not to grind your teeth. But I'm that was... That must happen to a lot of people out there. Yeah, it was a big deal. I know that uh, Dad had problems getting water to the field to water it because they um, they came out and said, you're not growing any worthwhile crops. We're not going to let you have any water. Right. The, the surface water rights are to the discretion of the water master. Yeah. And they come out and they tell them, look, um, you know, all you've got growing there is, is weedy alfalfa. Sorry. Yeah, even if you want to pay for it, you're not getting any water. 
I think the Watermaster was just very discriminating against goats. <laughs> what? Why would he be discriminating against goats? Because he saw these goats hanging around and just didn't care. <laughs> uh, I bet him and Mr. Brown had a thing. <laughs> Mr. Brown was like, don't let him water those weeds. <laughs> yeah. As he's starting a fire to burn it down. <laughs> yeah, he started, yeah, well, he burned it one year. Oh, yeah. That was intentional. I remember that. Yeah, I watched him try to put it out. Wait, wait. You watched who try to put, who put it out? Mr. Mr. Brown. So he started the fire and then he tries to put it out? Well, no. He well, he didn't start on, on purpose. Oh, okay, okay. It just got out of hand and it just swept through our field. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, it almost got to the barn. At least it wasn't me this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are getting in trouble. Yay. Mr. Brown. Go stink his butt. Yeah, well, he was an interesting neighbor. I think that he was very conflicted about trying to be a good neighbor and at the same time trying to grow decent crops next to our next to our plot of land. Yeah, we were uh, we were a harborage of, of uh, noxious weeds. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's where we walked the Cadillac was in the orchard in the weed patch. I remember that, James. Wow, but I do remember that uh, that car was. It was a pleasure. It was nice to own. But for my memory, there weren't that many cars. You guys experienced more cars than I did. Well, real quick before we move on, uh, does anyone remember why the door didn't work as very very well after a, I, I think a, we had a little episode with the garage getting there? You guys remember this? Oh, yeah. What happened? We're just trying to back out. Oh. Well, I don't, I don't remember the condition, but... The Cadillac wasn't running, and so Dad put it in neutral and probably told us, you know, mules to push, you know. And so we get and we start pushing this boat out the garage that has no room for the doors. The door was wide open. Uh, and before he realized that the door was open, it was going to hit the wall. Um, the car had already hit the downhill slope yeah. and gained some speed and just ripped the inch and a quarter steel, solid Detroit steel hinge just cracked it right in half and bent the door backwards oh i do remember that yeah i think that's the one of the most upset times dad was ever and i think dad got most upset at himself and that's when he really got upset that's true he was always he was always upset most when it was something that he knew he there was no one else to blame but himself yeah i i mean he threw out the German curse word dictionary on that one. Man. <laughs> that was thick. So the car had a little had a little problem with the door after that. But uh, besides that, the car was flawless. It was beautiful to the day we sold it. Again, we sold it on eBay, and I regret that. But it was a beautiful car. What other cars did you guys drive around in? That I mean, this would have been after my. I, we talked about the Vega before. The Vega was was um, it was one of those purchases. I needed something to drive around in. I think we per- we picked that one up for about three hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. And there was no, you know, I had no way of understanding what about that made it only worth three hundred dollars until I started driving it around. And it had so many problems. It. Uh, 
the the Vega had an aluminum uh, aluminum engine block. Was it aluminum, or there was a, an aluminum plate in there, or something? But that thing, it would get hot and it would just warp, and you'd lose all power. Mm-hmm. And then when it cooled down, everything would be fine again. It was very frustrating to drive. Very frustrating. But it got me around. The Blue Maverick. The Blue Maverick. That was your time, James. You you knew the Blue Maverick. I remember the Blue Maverick, but I didn't drive it very often. I I didn't drive it much. I I drove it plenty. Plenty. The heater didn't work. Dirk and I went on a double date once, Dirk and I, and uh, we were coming back from Cuna. The heater wasn't working in the middle of the winter. And Dirk's, he is, I mean, this guy's tough. This guy's tough, but he was on the verge of tears because his toes were so cold coming back home. I'm not kidding. You all know Dirk. The guy was on the verge of tears. Oh. (laughs) Feels. It was a fun night, actually. What about your dates? Yeah. um, yeah, uh, Dirk had a good time. I I didn't. Um, Wait a minute. I'm not asking whether you had a good time. Oh. I'm asking how they fared in the car. If he is, if he's oh, no, no, near no. We, tears. We, 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 no, I, I would. I never took. Uh, I never took a single date in that car. Anywhere. Oh. No. Oh no. No. It was just our transport to their house. I get it. Okay. Yeah. I see. All right. Yeah. I. You know. I made the mistake of of taking uh, a girl out in the Vega. It was actually the first date I ever ever had uh and it was an afternoon you know movie cinema date we you know went to the afternoon showing i remember it very very clearly the jungle book which was a fun movie and all and and had a good time but i felt so sorry for this girl i felt so sorry for her because it was so hot outside it was a blazing hot saturday afternoon and every five miles i pull over to to open the hood, put in another gallon of water into the radiator. And the only air conditioning in in that car was having the windows open and the car moving. And so I'd stop every five miles to put water in, and this thing would turn into an oven because it was such a dark brown color. By the time we got to the mall, which in relative distance terms is not really that far away, but under those conditions it was like, it was just an eternity ride. We get there, and I open the door for her. She gets up out of the car, and those vinyl seats, those vinyl seats had done a number on her, her entire back, the back of her shirt, the, her blouse, the back of her, her, her pants, totally sopping wet. She had been sweating the whole time. And I just, I felt so bad. I was just like, oh, and I have to take her home the same way. I was just, she was great, though. She didn't complain one bit, which was really, really, I always always thought back on that and said, wow, what a nice person not to complain about that. (laughs) But I never took took anyone out on another date in the heat again in that car because it was just too much of a nightmare. You know, David, you, you, last week uh, you talked about how you didn't date a whole lot in high school. I, I really think that the cars had a lot to do with that, with us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't have yeah, the very The best many I had to offer was the Cadillac, right? I took. I, I think I went to prom in the Cadillac. I remember I was driving around after school one day, 
and there was a cute girl walking along, and I picked her up. I said, do you need a ride? She said, sure, and so I, I drove her back to the high school, and on the way back to the high school, we were stopping at an intersection. There were some other girls from our school, and she slid down. In the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm cool. I've, I'm, I'm finally in a cool car. She's got to think this is cool. But she, sli- she slides down in the seat. I get to the school. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> either, either, either the car was really not cool or it was just me. I don't know. David, <laughs> keep- with me or the car. David, keep, that- the, keep the faith, David. It was the car. Keep oh. the faith. Yeah, whatever. Well, David, you, you had the Nova in college. Yeah. Did we already cover this, whatever happened to the Nova? No, what happened to the Nova? It was Well, my recollection of the Nova is pretty simple. Um, Dad and I had a communication gap when it came to cars sometimes. I never owned a car, and I want this to be very clear to my brothers. I didn't claim any car, not until I was done with my mission, and I think I was 22 years old before I had a car. But I drove many cars. And uh, one of them was the Nova, and I backed it right into the stock trailer and, and ripped the, the, the right rear quarter panel. And uh, Dad had just moved it there for like five minutes, the trailer. And so I, I think I put the first real blemish in that car, and I just feel terrible about it. I remember another time I was driving the Beast, and Dad and I were loading hogs to take to the market. And... Um, I remember Dad said, he said no. He was screaming no, and I thought he said go. (laughs) I put it in gear and just take off, (laughs) and I look in the mirror long enough to see pigs and Dad (laughs) rolling out the back of the stock trailer. (laughs) And that's when I realized that the communication of no and go, we can improve on that. (laughs) You know, it's just, but yeah, I, I didn't have near as many accidents as you guys did. I, David, I know you had a couple fender benders in that Nova and John and James, you guys, you guys seem to always be getting into bad, bad spots. Well, someone hit me in the Nova. I, when I was in college, someone hit me. I was just driving down university and someone came out of nowhere and hit the, hit the rear back tire and caved it in and it, um, it never drove right after that. I don't think it actually bent the wheels or anything, but it bent the the frame above the wheel so that if there's too much weight in the car, it would scrape. Or if you went around a curve, or if you went around a turn too too tight, it would scrape. Pretty soon the rubber was wearing away on the tire, and it just wasn't it wasn't drivable anymore. So my roommate bought it from me for I don't know. $150. I thought it was a good deal. <laughs> and he took it down to uh, southern Utah for a de- to, to drive in the demolition derbies down there. Right and when I told Dad, he was kind of upset. Yeah. That was his car. I remember that. <laughs> he liked the Nova because it, I mean, it ran well. It just kept going and going and going. He Which is say, ironic because in, it's ironic because David doesn't know in Spanish, mean don't go or doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like it that I sold it for I don't know. Maybe it was two hundred dollars. I thought it was a good deal. If it wasn't to the uh, demolition, it would have been for scrap because it just didn't. There's nothing, uh, nothing you could do about the the metal. 
So, John, we had that blue Maverick, and that's the one where uh, Dad had a favorite car dealer off the Napa Caldo Boulevard. I, I forget the name of the place, but they always had the, the fourth hand or fifth hand car for sale. Oh, yeah. I remember that place. And that's where you guys found, I think we talked about this last week, you, you found some narcotics in the headliner. Well, I wouldn't call them narcotics. It was just a baggie full of weed. No, that's right. Yeah. And then we, of course, the, the two-door Maverick just wasn't good enough, so we found a four-door Maverick. Was that the yellow one? The orange? That was the, that was the car I drove. Dad bought that for me. Uh, Joseph, it had a 327 V8 in it. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that thing hauled. Oh yeah, I I could, I, people would pull up next to me in their really nice, you know, sports car and stuff. I beat them all the time. They just weren't expecting it. <laughs> 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 and I had mismatched tires on that thing, and oh man, Dad was mad at me because I traded that in for a motorcycle. That's right, the the Goldwing. That old Goldwing, yeah. Hey, do you guys remember the Corvair? Oh, oh yeah, David. David. Uh, that's another I, badge of honor I wear. That John didn't didn't you come and buy that? Didn't you come help me buy that? Yeah, we. I followed you home. Um, you bought it in Boise, and we yeah. took we took you stick all the way back to Caldwell from Boise. Well, yeah. it wasn't you couldn't really drive it on the freeway. Um, it kind of sputtered all the way home, and I think it. Didn't it just sit at home? Yeah, I drove well, it home, and that was the last time I drove it. Right. Yeah. Well, you drove. It, it sat there until John tied a pair of his jeans to the back and drug him up and down Lonky to get him the way he wanted to look. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get it running? I think the Corvair, the Corvair sensed the importance of the fashion statement John was making, and it said, you know what? I'm going to do this for the, for the Duran Duran crowd, and I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to accommodate this request and drag these pathetic jeans up and down. <laughs> yeah. Those those jeans, I, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, those jeans looked really good. Oh. It looked like they were shot with a shotgun. I mean, they, they looked great. Oh, wow. Yeah, John, you made them look good. That's right. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Oh. Yeah. The red truck had a gasoline problem with the filter. The engine caught on fire in front of the Whittemore's house. <laughs> Remember that, John? Yeah. No, that was me. And, and they put it out with their sprinkler or something. Yeah. Remember Travis just started spraying the engine. And then, so that was me. We were driving down Karsher on the way home, and that's when flames started shooting out. The, the, uh... Oh, was that, you? was that with you, David? That was with me. Okay. We gotta we gotta stop and put this out. We were close to the Whittemores. I drove up right onto their lawn. It rang the That's doorbell. Right. And then I grabbed the phone. Going out. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I started I started spraying water. Who was that? I'll be and back then, for the car later. The next the very next winter, John went out and tried to start it. Well, wait a minute. And it caught flame again. Well, we didn't. Was, we didn't. But we didn't send John the memo. He was in Brooklyn, and he yeah. had no clue. And he came home for Christmas. No he had no idea. It went up and started it, 
and then I look out the window and I see him throwing snow into the engine. He's throwing snowballs at it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put it out. <laughs> who is who is driving that that same truck? Who was driving it when the rear wheel and entire axle assembly actually came off? Sounds I was dead. in the truck. That was me and Dad. Oh. Dad was driving it. I was in the passenger, and all of a sudden, I saw in the rearview mirror the wheel was separating out. <laughs> the actual the axle was coming out as we were rolling down Lonky. And if you'll remember, there was a big gouge in yeah. the road. That was from uh, I think that was pretty. I, I'm pretty sure that was from the the uh, the wheel that dragged he, along the road. He, well, Dad, yeah, that, he, there, he, he towed it home without a wheel and dug a groove in the pavement. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I would tell people, I would tell people that wanted directions to our house, go down Lonky until you see this groove and follow it right there. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still remember the look on Dad's face. Oh. It, was, it was like... He was try I think he was trying not to laugh, but he was still a little bit surprised. <laughs> and I said, Dad, what just happened? He said, I don't know. I don't know. I said, Dad, didn't you weren't you just working on that tire? Did you forget to put something up? Like, no, I don't know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh and what did he what 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 did he use to tow that truck back to the house with? The beast, of course. Of course, the beast. The beast. Oh. That first gear, that's towing gear, man, and and he just bear down on it and dig a hole through the dry or through the pavement, no problems. The beast. And now, yeah, Joseph, amazing. The beast outlasted all of those vehicles. Yes, it did. Actually, when you think about when you think about it, it may have been a pretty darn good investment after all. That's true. That's that true. true. And uh, gentlemen, I think that. We've gone full circle. We talked. We started with the beast. Let's let's end with the beast and uh, right. call it an evening. I really, really, right. really enjoyed this. You guys <laughs> cracking me up, man. Um, again, thanks for thanks for calling in and being a part of this. And uh, thanks to everyone out there who's taking a little bit of time out of their lives to listen to our podcast. For now, we're going to sign off and say goodbye. So, goodbye, y'all. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good night.